are listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards is the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, the Sun Devil Radio Network's weekly hour-long show that spotlights Arizona State football and features the head football coach of the Sun Devils, Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tim Healy, your host, the play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football. Glad you could be with us on this Thursday night. We thank you, all of you who are joining us this evening on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. If you want to watch the show, we're also streaming the show on Facebook Live. You can check out the live stream on the ASU Athletics Facebook page. This is our final all-aboard show of the 2020s college football season, and we have a good one on tap for you tonight. Two guests will be joining us later in the program. The young man who was named the most valuable player of the Territorial Cup beatdown of the University of Arizona Wildcats. Junior running back Rashad White will be joining us later in the show, as will Arizona State's veteran offensive line coach Dave Christensen. He, too, will join us. Dave saw one of his players just a couple of days ago named the Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. A couple of good guests joining us. But uh, first things first, it's always my pleasure to welcome to the show ASU's third-year head coach, Herm Edwards. Herm, good evening to you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Time to uh, wind this season down, isn't it? It, it seems so odd that it's uh, just a four-game season, and yet here we are on your uh, regular season finale two nights from now at Oregon State. Yeah, it's uh, and we talked earlier before we came on live. Um, this journey started in March. Uh, when we actually got shut down and then there was going to be postponement uh, of the season and maybe going to spring, then the season was going to start again. It started for us and then we got shut down again. So it it seems like this has been a, a year of up and down, go around, and we're only going to play this is our fourth game. And, and so I got to give a lot of credit uh, – to our coaching staff and the perseverance of our players, all the medical people that have guided us through this. Uh, It has been quite a journey, to say the least. For sure. You know, broadcasters are generally blessed with what my late mom used to call the gift of gab and always have any word to describe any situation. But I have to admit, Coach, I found myself uh, speechless without words and trying to caption the football game we witnessed last Friday night down in Tucson with your team's route of Arizona. How do you reflect back on that game and your team's wonderful performance in that game? Well, going into that, um, when you watch uh, Arizona on tape, uh, they're a very competitive bunch of players. Uh, Due to the fact they lost a lot of players due to injury, um, some had opted out. And uh, Coach Sumlin had done a great job of, of, of instilling them with energy, seems like, week after week. And uh, the home games that they had played and did not win, they lost the three points uh, margin to USC, uh, played in another tough game uh, at home, you know, um, against Colorado. Uh, and, and knowing our last two outings were really, it got to the fourth quarter with us. Uh, having a chance to beat them, 
I told our team it's very important to understand that, you know, they're looking for a victory as well as us. And um, they're going to play hard. And I, and I told our guys, we better, we, better, we better get off to a fast start. Let's just get off to a fast start. And then we have to finish. That's all I talked about all week, getting off to a fast start and finish. Now, lo and behold, I did not think that the opening kickoff was going to go back 100-plus yards. And then the next play, uh, we get the ball on the five-yard line. I mean, before, within two minutes, it's 14-0. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. And then, and then the game got going, obviously, and, and our players played well, and seven turnovers or takeaways, and the offense ran the ball well, and, and the score became what it was. How difficult a game was it to coach in, given the fact that your team built that early lead and everything seemed to go so well and so easily for your squad right out of the gates? Uh, did you find it a challenge to keep their intensity and their focus razor sharp on the sideline during the game? I, I said it after the game. It's probably the hardest I've ever coached on the sideline since I've been here, uh, especially when we got up 21 and then all of a sudden, it, we got another score, and I can remember I had a headache because, and generally, I'm not a hollerer, but I went by every unit, and I was walking up and down the sideline and telling players, finish. We have to finish the game. Don't smile. Don't celebrate. Finish. There's a lot of work left, and I kept saying that because I know how these games are. I mean, we were down by 20 our first year down there, and uh, we needed to – we came back, and then they, they – they, they came back as well and, and missed a field goal uh, to win it. So I, I didn't want us to, I didn't want anyone to get comfortable, coaches, players, anybody. Just don't get them. So let's just finish the game. And um, to their credit, uh, the players and the coaches stay focused and, and got, to, got the job done. In that vein, have you continued on that trend? Have you coached the team harder in practice this week, getting ready for Oregon State? No doubt, and um, I think that that has to be a mantra for us right now is to finish things. You know, we, we put ourselves in this situation, and uh, I know some people were disappointed in the fact we had to go on the road again and play, and I said, but, you know, that, that, that's our fault as, as a football team. I mean, we, we had two games where if we finish the game and, and there's not fouls involved in a game when we score touchdowns against UCLA or, or fumble the ball, that, that could be a different outcome. Um, obviously, the SC game could be a different outcome, but it's not. Uh, we lost two in a row, and that's our fault because we didn't finish. And, 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 I, and, and this was a game, Arizona game, where I felt we have to have that mindset of we had to finish. Now, we got to finish the season, too, now. We're going to play a, a good opponent in Oregon State. They beat them. With, I guess they were ranked ninth when they played Oregon and beat them at home. That was kind of their – you know, their rivalry game as well. So uh, Coach Smith has done a nice job of really building a program there, and um, we're going to have our hands full with these guys. It seems to me, Herm, too, the keys in your victory in Tucson, explosive plays and the seven turnovers that your defense forced. In fact, the first minute of the game, you referenced it, but it was almost the game in microcosm. D.J. Taylor, explosive play, takes the opening kickoff, 100-plus yards for a score. Then you get a fumble recovery. Boom, Chip Trainum is in for a touchdown. In less than a minute, you're up 14 to nothing. No, you're right. And uh, it, was, it was interesting talking with Marvin because he was upstairs. And as this thing kept going, um, we both were just puzzled. Uh, you know, when you, 
when you have that many points, I've never been in a game like that, to be quite honest. And uh, I want to make sure this is perfectly clear. Um, there was no, there was no intention of our football team to try to run the score up. That's that's not what I'm about. That that's that's just not me. That's uh, you know you play the game um, in a way of where you respect your opponent, and um, it was just a matter of really finishing. Now, when you say that, you know it's up to the opponent to stop you. And this was a game, when you look at it, when you really look at it and you boil it down, we threw 12 passes. We ran the ball 50 times. So the run game was going, and that's all we could do was run the ball. I just, you know, once, once the score got to where, what it was, you know, in the, in the third quarter, it was all about running. I just, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to get some players in the game that haven't played. And obviously, uh, the hero <laughs> is, is Jackson He. He's made national news, and and everything is about him, and rightly so because of the story there. But I want our fan base to realize there are a bunch of walk-on guys that played in that football game for the first time they've ever played in a college football game. And that was gratifying to me as well, to watch all these guys that have been on the scout team, they're not on scholarship, actually go in the game and play. And they're the unsung heroes because the fans don't know who they are. Their parents know who they are because, you know, they were probably excited. My son's going to play. And the coaches did a great job of getting them in the game and allowing them to create a memory that will, will last them uh, the rest of their life. Well, certainly Jackson, he gave us all a memory that will last the rest of our lives. What a great story that is. Uh, even just to see his name written in uh, Chinese lettering on the back of his game jersey, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful moment. And uh, uh, if you d- can, you share a little bit more perspective on Jackson, how he came to be part of your program, and uh, what a great addition he's been to your program. Well, I, I, if our fan base doesn't realize, he, he was with us last year. He's been on this team for the last two seasons. Now he didn't play last year. He didn't get in. He, he just practiced and didn't get in. And He's a walk-on guy. They actually sent a bunch of letters, and finally he walked into the building one day, and I ran into him, didn't know who he was, and he introduced himself, and he says, Coach, I want to try out for football. I said, really? <laughs> and so we did some background on him, and he had played some football, and, you know, and said, okay, you can come walk on. And before you know it, uh, he became a favorite of the team and uh, a really personal young, uh, personable young man, very polite, all about ball. And um, as this thing got going, not this year, but this first year here, you know, he became just kind of one of those guys. And finally, um, we got him in the game, and the players were excited about him going in the game. Uh, and, you know, and, and I thought when we got him in the game, I had turned away, and I said, we're we getting him in the game now. Okay, and I'm walking down, and I'm freaking, well, we'll give him a play or two, you know, give him a handoff or whatever. And I'm looking, and he's in the whole series. I mean, he's, he's like, this is one play. He's playing in the series. He's like the running back. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> And when we got it down to the one, obviously, the, you know, I told Coach, he said, Coach, I know. I said, you've got to give him the ball, right? We've got to see if he can score a touchdown. And can you imagine how that guy felt, you know, where he's come from? And, and uh, you know, and all of a sudden when that thing happens, you don't know the, the validity of it until the game's over. And I'm walking in the locker room and the players are coming off the field and I turn to the right and he's getting interviewed by ESPN. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. 
right? And then, you know, one thing leads to another, and I'm going, well, I guess I got to give him the game ball because he's a hero because he scored a touchdown. <laughs> and so we gave him the game ball, and the, and the players went crazy in the locker room. So it was quite a locker room, um, uh, you know, that was joyful for him and, and joyful for ourselves as well. We, we finally got a win on the books. Absolutely. And just wondering if you could put into perspective what you've been able to accomplish so far at Arizona State in the rivalry game. You're 3-0, and and you've won three games in three different ways. Uh, what has that meant in terms of establishing your program at Arizona State, that you've had that success in that biggest of games? Well, we've been fortunate that, um, you know, the game never got away from us in all three of them. Now, I, I say that, but the first one got away from us until the fourth quarter, and we, we rallied back. But I, I think the importance of it, uh, the players understand that. And, you know, during the week of that rivalry, I, I always have a player or two that speaks to the team. Um, we give them a historical journey about this game and, 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 and how it was, how it came about. And a lot of these kids don't know that. They, they, they don't know. I mean, you know, high school kid, if he's not from Arizona, or, and he doesn't keep up with it, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you try to teach the history of it and how many – great players on both sides of the ball on, on, on their side of the ball and our side of the ball have been involved in this and how 30 years from now you'll talk about this game and you know most people are in the moment and they don't reflect what it's going to feel like a couple years from now maybe 10 years from now when they're no longer playing football whatever it may be uh, so they understand the history of it i make sure that is that is well captured during the week uh, of preparation to plan your rivalry game. And um, then the cup was involved in it. And I told him a joke. I said, you know, that cup is, uh, and I, and I kind of fudge a little bit. I said, that cup's older than Marvin and, and me. <laughs> so it's old, <laughs> you know, and the players are looking and go, there's a real cup. I said, it's, it's a cup. I said, it's that old. <laughs> so they hear the story of the cup. So you try to educate them. You know, I'm always about educating, giving people knowledge if you can. And it's good to give them knowledge on a, a game like this. An historical game it is, and an historical game it was on Friday in Tucson. No matter where you're watching the ASU game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, and remember, 21 means 21. Still plenty more to come on this season-ending edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light in the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, ASU running back Rashad White, and Sun Devil offensive line coach Dave Christensen to join us later on. But in the meantime, Coach Edwards and I will continue our conversation when we return after these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. The Lodge at First and Farmer in Tempe was our host for All Aboard with Herm Edward during the 2018 and 19 seasons, and we sure do miss Justin and the staff down at the Lodge. They took great care of us those two years, and hopefully the show will be back there again next year in 2021. But in the meantime, you can still visit and uh, enjoy the amazing food outside on the patio at the Lodge. Sun Devil Athletics also invites you to be part of the Sun Devil Legacy Brick Program. Now is your chance to leave your legacy at Sun Devil Stadium for generations to come. Bricks can be customized and start at just $150. Learn more at sundevilbricks.com. 
We continue now on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light in the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on this Thursday night. I'm Tim Healy, your host, welcoming you back to the show as we continue our conversation with head coach Herm Edwards. Herm, after having three consecutive games canceled in November because of COVID-19 issues, your team will play its third consecutive game this Saturday night when you uh, take on Oregon State in Corvallis. And clearly, based on the results of the game at Arizona last Friday, you're building some momentum that you can take with you into that Oregon State game, aren't you? We are, and hopefully we can use it. Uh, in, in a way to propel us um, for this last game of the season. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's very important that um, the players realize that this is an important game because this kind of sets the stage for us uh, when we come back together in the spring, right? And, and, and you know, playing our third game in a row finally um, helps us uh, with that. So I think our players have had a, a nice week of work They've been focused in. Um, they understand the opponent. Uh, it, it plays very well at home. And these guys beat us up there last year by a point. You touched on this earlier in the show, but I know a lot of our fans were upset when they found out this game was going to be played in Corvallis, given the fact that your team's only had one home game this year, and it will be Oregon State's fifth. Uh, but I think you've tried to instill a, a, a just business-like approach with your team, haven't you, to this game? Well, I, absolutely, because I think it, you know when you look at this whole year of football, there has been – teams that have been displaced. I mean, Stanford was on the road for almost three weeks with their football team trying to play games. They weren't even in, in, the, in the state that they live in. So I think we all have to deal with obstacles. Um, I'm a big believer in inconvenience, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, the game of football is uncomfortable. and You have to be comfortable in that environment. We talk about that a lot. So um, we put ourselves in this situation. We lost two games that we had an opportunity to win. Uh, and uh, we found ourselves in a situation where we needed to win a game uh, last week, and we were able to do that. And with that being said, now we have another opportunity to win another one. And that's that, that, that's all that matters at this point in time. I mean, this season has been – it's just been unbelievable. And, and anything that happens, it just happens. you got to deal with it. I mean, if, and, and that's part of it. Just let's adjust, and we got to go play. That's a phrase that I think I love the phrase because I think it's a big key element in team sports. Uh, the teams and the athletes that can be comfortable being uncomfortable is really, I think, a key to success. There's no doubt. I mean, you know, I've always been the believer of, and, and you've been around me long enough. When when people get comfortable, I, I make sure they don't get too comfortable because I'm going I'm to do something to shake them up a little bit, right? You know, I'm one of those guys who's always going to create something. When it gets calm, I don't like calm. I only like calm actually when the game starts because that's when you have to keep your composure. And uh, I think, you know, you can't get emotional. You can be passionate, but you can't get emotional because when the emotions take the best of you, you make bad decisions. Great, great insight right there. Oregon State, two and four this year, Herm. Interestingly, the Beavers' last five games in a row have been decided by six points or less, and that's the longest streak in their history. 
So they've probably gotten a bit comfortable being uncomfortable because their games have been close. What's your overall scouting report on Jonathan Smith's team? He's building himself a nice program. Uh, they have a strong running game, um, do a lot with their offense as far as personnel groups. Some of ours, a lot of tight ends, uh, motion shifts, um, tight formations. They go under center. Uh, they can play action. They can boot. They do all the things that, that, that challenge the defense uh, as far as their eyes and their alignments. You know, they get you out of line, and all of a sudden they can run the ball, have a fabulous runner up there that can really run the football. Defensively, they're very sound. Don't give up a bunch of big plays. Um, tough inside at the linebacker position. Uh, they have an end that can rush. Secondary is, 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 is solid as well. So, um, you know, they've done a nice job up there. Jonathan's done a nice job. He's starting to the, – the program is starting to fit the image that, that he wants, you know, and uh, you can just see it. You know, when you when, – not my third year here, so you can kind of – some of us were all hired at the same time, and you can just watch the programs – they kind of they kind of mirror the head coach for the most part. You mentioned the running back, Jamar Jefferson. He's a good one. Number two rusher in the Pac-12. I think he was a high school teammate of Darian Butler's in uh, Southern California. What qualities from what you've seen, we've seen him in person for two years, make Jefferson such a good back? Has speed, has good hands coming out of the backfield, uh, good contact balance and vision. And uh, they do a nice job of giving him the ball. I mean, that's that's they run the ball. I mean, they're going to run the football. They run it for about 190 plus yards a game. So they, you know, they and they take time off the clock um, uh, with him. So uh, you know, it, it's an offense uh, that the runner is is the marquee player for the most part. Kind of interesting because um, you're going to have one of our guests here after I get off talking. Where the fans, this is who they want to listen to. They want to listen to your guests, not me. Uh, uh, Rashad White is one of our backs, along with Chip and uh, Nagata, right? It's not just Jackson He. We have some other running backs as well. And um, we feel like um, we can run the ball pretty well, too. And, and it'd be kind of interesting next year when we get a full season what our numbers look like from our running backs because um, they've done a nice job. Uh, that has been probably the – the most consistent thing we've done on offense is our ability to run the football. You've always said the running game travels well, and uh, the forecast for Corvallis Saturday night is uh, temperatures won't be that relatively cold, 50 degrees, but rain is in the forecast, and boy, the ability to run the football, Herm, could be crucial to victory in those kind of conditions. You're right, and it starts with uh, handling the football and, and, and holding on to the football. Uh, Zach did a nice job this week of actually um, during practice, and it shocked the players. We wet down the balls. Uh, they, they had to practice with, with wet balls all practice. We went inside and uh, got on the turf, and there was the wet balls were in practice for offense. And I think the next thing is tackling. You know, how do you tackle in conditions like that? You can't use shoulders. you got to wrap guys up and – and bring them down, you know. And in games like this, we always used to say when I was in the National Football League, um, when it gets cold and, you know, teams aren't feeling real good about it, there's a lot of players that make those business decisions when it comes to tackling. We don't want to make business decisions. We want to tackle as a unit and get guys on the ground. 
Herm, yesterday was the first of college football's two letter of intent signing days, and your program signed 11 players, including, ironically, one who flipped from Oregon State to ASU, offensive lineman Sione Vecoso from the state of Hawaii. You got five offensive players, six on defense. So what's your overview of your signing class? Well, if you look at it, we went after length, length, speed, and agility, um, and and height. You know, in height. I mean, I'm, when I say length, I mean length this way, right? And height is the other way. But we needed to upgrade and continue to build our offensive line and our defensive line. Uh, we just felt that was the key. Uh, we went out and got another quarterback. But as you mentioned, there was a couple other guys that, that, that signed. We can't mention them who they are right now. That'll come out here in the next couple of days. But then we left ourselves some, uh, some, some, some cards to play in the free agency game because the portal thing is real. There's over 800 kids in the portal right now. And we've got some, some scholarships left. Now we could go back and actually give it to some high school players in the second signing. But we also will evaluate uh, some grad transfers and some portal players at certain positions to see if we can upgrade our roster both ways now. Through the high school pool, which we want to build our program um, on, but there's also some maybe some guys at certain positions that will bring some leadership and some experience at certain positions. But as you know, we're, you know, I keep saying this, but we are young, <laughs> believe it or not. When you talk about the lines, your offensive line has been able to block for the best running game so far in the Pac-12, and your defensive line has been a strength in these three games. So building those two areas obviously critical. It is because it's the future. You know, that's how you build a program. You build it. The pillars are the guys up front on offense and on defense. And then you you circle them with with – with what we call the, the skilled players. And obviously, uh, the one that, that has, makes it all go is a quarterback. And so with that being said, I think if we can just solidify that with young players that maybe might not have to play as freshmen right away, you know, let them get a year or two under their belt with Joe in the weight room and get stronger. They have the height. We, we can't get them taller. We, we can't get players taller, but we can get them stronger and we can get them, uh, you know, we, we can do all those things with them. We can teach them fundamentals and techniques, but the height is the height. And when you get longer, you'd be surprised. I mean, you mentioned the young man that, that, that we got from, from, uh, from Oregon. I mean, he's six, seven. He's a left tackle. Wow. I mean, he has a wingspan. I mean, he can bend. I mean, all the alignment. Uh, are all maybe one of them is a little not, not under that, but but they average they average six six or better. Once again, coach, it's been fun visiting with you on these Thursday night shows. Uh, best of luck to you and your team in Corvallis Saturday, and happy holidays to you and the family. Thank you, my friend. Good visiting with you. Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards has been our guest on All Aboard, presented by Coors Light in the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. And no matter where you're watching ASU football, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU. And remember, 21 means 21. Coming up, you'll meet the MVP of last week's Territorial Cup beatdown of Arizona. Running back Rashad White will join us after these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. 
We are airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light in the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on Facebook Live. You can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Athletics Facebook page. Tonight's broadcast of All Aboard is brought to you in part by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud supporter of Sun Devil Athletics. As we welcome you back to tonight's show, I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. Uh, Delighted that you could be with us for our final show of the season here tonight. In each year's Territorial Cup rivalry game between ASU and the University of Arizona, the Bob Moran Trophy is presented to the game's most valuable player, the trophy named after the late Bob Moran, a sports writer in the Valley who covered both the ASU and U of A programs over the course of his distinguished journalistic career. The winner of this year's Game MVP Award was for the fourth straight year an Arizona State Sun Devil, a transfer from Mount San Antonio College and a native of Kansas City, Missouri, this gentleman last week rushed for 133 yards and three touchdowns in ASU's 70-7 to win over the Wildcats, and it was the third straight game in which he totaled more than 130 all-purpose yards. It's our pleasure to welcome running back Rashad White to the show. Rashad, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. How you doing tonight, my friend? Uh, I'm doing all right. Thank you guys for having me. Great to have you at Arizona State. And, th- boy, this was your first taste of the ASU-U of A rivalry, and it ended up being the most dominant Sun Devil win in the history of the rivalry. What was it like for you playing in that game, and did it match your expectations of what it would be like going in? Um, it was great. Uh, for for me, it was great because, you know, uh, not every week is a guarantee uh for us to have a game so it felt good finally have you know like you guys and coach Herman was talking about two games back back to back and just being blessed uh going in yeah it met expectations uh i still tip my hat off to arizona you know um they still uh get they all uh, they still play hard and you know my guys we just you know we wanted to win uh we was hungry uh we feel like we lost games that we shouldn't have lost and uh yeah it matches it matched all our expectations and we wanted to uh, kind of prove a point. I think you certainly did. In fact, when you go into a rivalry game, I think you have to expect it's going to be a close, hard-fought game. How were your guys able to turn it into such a route? Uh, yeah, so we was expecting Coach Herm, everybody, you know, how we expect. Uh, Coach Herm tells every game uh, it's going to be hard-fought. Uh, the game come down to the wire every game, but he's told us that, um, the rivalry is different no matter how much you up. Uh, you know, guys still tend to come back. Uh, teams still co- uh, tend to come back and play with an edge just because it's a rivalry. Uh, we was able to maintain it by, you know, collective effort, uh, special teams, offense, defense. We we was just clicking. Uh, we had a great night. And guys was out there, you know, having fun, being themselves and playing hard, playing for one another. Uh, so that's how we was able to do that. How did you evaluate your performance in the game? 133 yards, including a 93-yard touchdown run, which ties the fifth longest run in Arizona State history. And how special was it to be named the game MVP of your first rivalry game? Uh, me, I evaluated it by uh, the, six, uh, the success of others. Uh, I wouldn't really kind of pay attention to my game. Uh, I wanted, I wanted all the running backs. I wanted like everybody. I wanted everybody on the team to you know get their chance in the game. Um, no matter if it was from me or like you know the top guys or or the walk-ons, I wanted you know everybody get a you know a chance at that rivalry, just getting on the field because uh, you might not ever get that chance again. So 
uh, for me, my success, it was, it was like, you know, great. Uh, my success was predicated off of, you know, the guys surrounded around, uh, surrounded around me, my line, you know, um, Jaden, uh, other guys, wide receivers, you know, cause I couldn't, you know, got 130 or 40 yards without them blocking and, uh, you know, helping me out. So, uh, I really didn't look too much at my success. I was just, it was a collective effort. It was a team effort. Uh, I was just happy for other guys like, you know, like, like host said, Jackson, he, Daniel Nagata, uh, you know, chip. And we always just trying to, you know, pitch in and help get the win. Boy, that was a special moment with Jackson, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, that was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, tremendous. I mean, it made ESPN. It's gone viral. It's uh, really, really been a great thing to see. I enjoy watching you run the ball, Rashad. I, I, you have a very, to me, a smooth, fluid style of running. Are there any running backs that you found yourself patterning yourself after over the years? Um, I mean, me, uh, I respect game. Uh, I'm that type of player. Uh, so I like a lot of running backs. I try to take a, take uh, you know things from a lot of running backs, where it's in the league or uh, how you guys were just talking about uh, you know Jamar Jefferson, just guys like that. Like me, I'm the type of game I love football. So uh, type of dude I love football. So um, I try to take pieces out of everybody game. I watch film. Uh, I got got some guys. I say I try to pattern myself out of uh, after is like uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, just guys like that, that not just considered like a running back that can do it all. You know, uh, all three phases can pass block, can run the ball between the tackles, outside of the tackles, can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield, can be a, a mismatch, you know. Uh, just get put in some positions to, you know, to make the team better and open up space for other guys. From the very beginning, from the game at USC, you looked very comfortable to me. It didn't seem like the stage was too big for you. How challenging – has the transition been from JUCO ball to Division One ball for you? Uh, for real, to me, it hasn't been like uh, – it's been challenging, but it's just the little things. So, like, um, how, you know, things are ran at ASU and how we practice and just practice habits, uh, kind of motions, fluids, how you do it, how you got to go about the game and how you got to study. Um, you know, I study at Mount Sac because you had to study. We had kind of a big playbook as well, but – you know, here it just brings a different, you know, element and you got to turn your game up another notch and, you know, uh, put in where you're trying to uh, put in of what you're trying to get out. So to me, it's, it kind of hasn't been that difference because we, you know, we work hard every day in the running back room. Uh, we competing, all of us. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? You've just been waiting for this opportunity your whole life. So I try to take a, a advantage of all the opportunities that I'm given. And you've done a good job of that so far. And sometimes a JUCO player, when he comes to D1, he comes in with a chip on his shoulder, like he's got something to prove. I'm wondering, do you find yourself with that type of mentality? Uh, yeah. I mean, I always have a chip on my shoulder, uh, just the type of guy I am. I don't necessarily feel like I have anything kind of to prove to uh, people. I just feel like um, I'm a type of guy that's all about the team. So, um, you know, very coachable. Uh, whatever position coach put me in, uh, he feels like that's the best to help the team win. Me, I'm going to play hard, give guys my all because I'm all about winning. Uh, and that's just the type of guy I am. I'm just, you know, focused on me, worried about me. And then we were, and also as worried about the team and trying to, uh, like I said, do my best to help the team get a win and help us win. 
And I know that will be your mindset Saturday night when you go to Corvallis with your teammates. Uh, How do you feel about that game, Rashad, the momentum that your team will take into the Oregon State game? And, boy, you guys in the backfield, the running back and the running game should be key, especially if it's a rainy night. Uh, We feel real great about the game plan. Uh, I love Coach Hill. Uh, He different. Uh, I've never been, like, you know, in an offense uh, like this. Uh, I say he put uh, everybody in positions to, you know, be great. And they also push us. So, like Coach Herm said, we had a great week of practice. I feel like, uh, you know, they always preach uh, preach preparation is a key. And the big thing, like you said, if it's raining, uh, the most thing our running back uh, coach, you know, preached to us is ball security. Uh, and, 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 you know, he coaches up on our tracks and our alignments and our assignments. And, and you know, just play free and have fun and, and you know, play your game from there. So, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a great game. Like you said, we got momentum. Uh, we ready to, you know, uh, end with on a great note. That's what all the guys feeling like. And we ready to go up there and do what uh, we, we're coached to do. Well, Rashad, you've been fun to watch so far. Keep up the good work. It is so great to have you at Arizona State. Happy holidays, my friend, and good luck against Oregon State. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Happy holidays. Rashad White, Sun Devil running back, has been our guest on this segment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. No matter where you're watching the ASU game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU. And remember, 21 means 21. Coming up, we'll visit with Sun Devil offensive line coach Dave Christensen as our final All Aboard show of the season winds down on this Thursday night. First, let's take a break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Again, a reminder, no matter where you're watching the ASU game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, and remember, 21 means 21. I'm Tim Healy, thanking you for joining us tonight, thanking you for joining us all season long on the All Aboard shows with Coach Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, this being our season finale this evening. And our final guest of the evening, final guest of the season, is in his fourth season at Arizona State and his third as the offensive line coach on Herm Edwards' ASU staff, the one-time head coach at the University of Wyoming. It's a pleasure to welcome Coach Dave Christensen to the show. Dave, good to see you. It's been a while for me. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Tim. I'm just uh, you know excited that we get an opportunity to go out and compete again. Boy, isn't that the truth? And, uh, you know, you've had a long, distinguished career in college coaching. How would you characterize the year 2020 in terms of the challenges that it's presented you and the other coaches in terms of trying to manage a major college football program in the middle of a worldwide pandemic? Yeah, I, I think the word that this keeps coming up over and over and over is unprecedented. I've, you know, this is my 38th year of coaching uh, uh, football at the college level, nothing like this has have I ever experienced. It's been uh, difficult in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I think it's hard for these these young guys that you know want to play football and and so many changes in schedules and what we're doing and what we ask of them. And so um, you know it's been a trying season, uh, unlike anything that I've ever experienced before. You know we had nine eleven at one point in time and and that kind of put a damper on things for a week or two but nothing that's gone on through an entire spring through an entire season all the way up to uh, the bowl season uh, like we've experienced this year 
And yet, through all the difficulties and the challenges, I think it was great that you and your team had, I think, what I would call a payoff moment last Friday night in Tucson. Describe what the evening was like and that dominating victory over our tribal Arizona was like from your perspective. Well, it, uh, it was a personal uh, deal for me in that particular game, and so it felt great to win. But, uh, you know, as far as these, these young men to, to teach our young players what that game means, that was first and foremost, and I think they got uh, a great idea what that's all about. For our older kids, uh, particularly the ones that maybe not be coming back, and this may be their last year, uh, an opportunity to win four straight against those guys was, was awesome. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm excited for next year for them to go down or play up here and win five straight. But uh, what a night. Everything worked. Uh, it's just one of those nights that, uh, you know, we, we played extremely well uh, offensively, defensively. I was very proud of the guys up front. Uh, they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. And uh, it was a lot of fun Saturday night. Boy, it sure was. Size up the progress of your offensive line group through this abbreviated season. The fact that Arizona State is ranked number one in the Pac-12 in rushing offense right now, averaging 227 yards per game on the ground, would certainly indicate that your line is really starting to gel. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting. They are. They're getting better each week. Uh, you know, we ran the ball well against uh, uh, USC, and, and, and obviously, uh, you know, we, we ran the ball well. We didn't run it as much in the first half, but certainly the second half, we ran the ball extremely well against UCLA. And then last week, uh, ran it at will uh, throughout most of the game with 50 rushes. So, you know, I, I feel good about where they're at right now. The addition of Kellen Deesh at left tackle uh, has been a, a – you know, a, a huge plus for us. Uh, Donovan West at our left guard is continuing to play at the level he played at a year ago. Um, Cade Cody has done just a, a fantastic job at center at a position he hasn't played a whole bunch. He's came in. He's made all of our calls uh, from the center position and both our run and our pass game. has done a tremendous job getting uh, everybody situated on passing downs and where, where our protection is going to go. Uh, Henry Haddis, another transfer from Stanford, uh, has has been a physical player on the inside for us. And uh, uh, young Ben Scott out the right side of tackle is starting as a redshirt freshman and has you know, just got huge potential also. Wanted to ask you a little bit more in depth about a couple of those fellows. And you mentioned Donovan West. He was named this week the Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. I probably was more of a, a unit award for how well your uh, group run blocked in the uh, Arizona game. 259 rushing yards and no sacks of uh, Arizona State quarterbacks. Uh, is Donovan progressing to the rate you expected him to, Dave? Yeah, he's he's made he's made progress. He, you know, every time he plays, he gets more experience. He was a, a good player when he got to us, but uh, you know, he, he's developing. He's getting better. Uh, the great news is he's got uh, three more seasons uh, in front of him, and uh, you know, he's he's done a nice job. Played really well last week, and you're absolutely right. I, you know, that award could have gone to any of those five guys. Uh, they all played extremely well last week. Very proud of the uh, the way they played. You mentioned Cade Cody as well. I think he is a tremendous story, a young man that is in his sixth season at Arizona State and finally this year became a starter, was going to start last year, and then I think it was like four days before the season opener he suffered a foot injury. What qualities does Cade possess that enabled him to persevere through all the challenges to get to the point where he is now? 
Well, I'll tell you what, when you talk about adversity, there's a guy that's faced a lot of adversity over his career. And, and as you'd said, he's persevered through it all uh, you know, with a great attitude. Um, he does a great job of, of, of leading that group. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he didn't have to come back. He, he had to apply for a six year. We had, you know, to, to wait, get a waiver for that to happen. Um, you know, he could have hung it up and got on, you know, he's got his master's degree already. He could have moved on and got a job, but uh, the opportunity to come and be a starter for the year, uh, you know, is, is what excited him. He want, you know, he came here to play football as well as get his degree. And so uh, for him to have the type of season he's having, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, so pleased for a guy that's given so much to Arizona State to football, uh, well-deserving, and I'm glad he's playing so well. Boy, indeed. Uh, you mentioned Kellen Deesh, too, the Texas A&M transfer. And the, after the first week of the season, I believe he was one of the highest graded, if not the highest graded, run blockers in the entire league. And I saw a stat where going into the Arizona game last week, he was the sixth highest rated offensive player in the Pac-12 in the uh, statistics that Pro Football Focus puts out. Tell us a little bit about Kellen and what makes him so good. Well, I, I recruited Kellen uh, to uh, Texas A&M out of high school, and so I'd had a chance to see him as a senior in high school. And uh, Kellen's a, a really, really athletic uh, young man for an offensive lineman at six six, three hundred five pounds. Uh, he's just got great mobility, uh, the ability to change direction. He can recover quickly, um, and so you know he, he can get in a bad position and still be successful because of the great athleticism that he possesses. So he's got great length, you know, at six six, long arms. Um, and, and again, it's just, you know, he, he's, he, he, you know, didn't get as many reps and play as much as he wanted at Texas A&M, but he got a lot of quality reps in practice against great players. And, uh, he's just been a, a great addition to our group and has played at an extremely high level for us. You mentioned early on, it's great that your kids get one more chance to play Saturday night in Corvallis against a good, solid Oregon state team. Uh, what kind of game do you expect? What will be some of the keys? Well, I, I think you know the weather will what would dictate some of that. If it's a, you know if it's a rainy night, then I think the team that uh, you know can have success running the football and protecting the football is going to you know obviously have the greatest chance to win. Anytime that it's wet outside, you got to protect the football, and, and certainly running uh, is something that uh, is a little bit easier to do in that type of weather than throwing the football. Uh, but obviously, you have to do both. But uh, I think the team that rushes the football the best in that type of weather and protects the football is going to have the best chance to win. Boy, we're looking forward to watching it unfold on Saturday night. Again, one last chance to see this Arizona State team, uh, a team that seems to be building a lot of momentum uh, in their season finale at Oregon State. Dave, appreciate your spending time with us tonight. Thanks for the visit. Happy holidays to you and your family, and good luck Saturday in Corvallis. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, and go Devils. Go Devils, indeed. Well, that'll uh, bring down the curtain on the tonight's show, and this being our final show of the season, we want to thank our terrific uh, Sun Devil Radio Network engineer, Sean Crespin, for all of his uh, outstanding work on our uh, Thursday night shows, not just all aboard, but for the past uh, couple of months as well. We started doing shows back in September and uh, continue to do them up to now. Thanks also to our in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher, and a big thank you to Tim Cassidy, Nate Nate Wainwright and Marcus Castro-Walker from Sun Devil Football for their help. 
Join us Saturday for all the action of the ASU-Oregon State game from Corvallis. Our coverage begins at 6 p.m. with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone. And then Jeff Van Rapport will join me for the play-by-play starting at 8.35. You can hear it on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. And we hope you'll join us. Till then, I'm Tim Healy saying thanks for listening. So long, everybody. to All Aboard with Sun Devil Head Football Coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Arizona State Football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. Presented by Mid-First Bank.